The following podcast is an audio message from Harvest Bible Chapel in Rochester, Minnesota. You can find out more by visiting harvestrochester.org. The series is called, what is it called? Unstoppable. It's kind of a fun word to say. Go ahead, say it. I mean, we are, and we just sang about it. We are unstoppable. It's not because of me, okay? It's because of him. It's because he in me, right? So, so the power within us, the power within the church, and uh, the church of Jesus Christ, right? And then uh, we've been studying about the power of the Holy Spirit the last few weeks, and we're going to keep going on the power of the Holy Spirit, but there, you're going to see a theme in the message this week in chapter 4 of Acts. You're going to see a theme, and the theme is all built around this. I want you to think about this. What do you think when I say the word boldness? Usually I solicit answers, but I'm not sure I want the answers to this. What do you think of when I say boldness? Better yet, who? Who do you think of when I say the word boldness? And I want you to think about that. I want you to think about this word boldness. And I, I uh, think boldness has been distorted. The word boldness has been distorted in our world. Uh, our culture, our day, our age has taken the word boldness and it's run to the end of the touchdown and it's like spiking the ball and we're like, no, no, that's not boldness. You know, that's not it. To be clear, biblical boldness, and we're going to see that in Acts 4. Go ahead and open your Bible to Acts 4, is biblical boldness, get this, is annoying to the world. When you are biblically bold, when you are bold in Christ Jesus, when we are overcomers, when we sing these songs, that's annoying to the world. When we state that truth, that's annoying to the world. But, but on the other aspect, worldly pride, in parentheses, boldness, okay, because we want to call it boldness, but it's really, we should call it what it is. Worldly pride should be and is heartbreaking to the follower of Jesus Christ. Right? My heart breaks for the times that I've been proud and called it boldness. My heart breaks for that, and I hope yours does too. I want to be biblically bold. What does that take? I think you're going to see it in the passage, let's look at how boldness is modeled in Acts chapter 4. If you're there, say you're there. Awesome. I got most of you. If you don't have a Bible open, share with somebody next to you. We're going to get after it right now. God, help us to be bold. Help us to understand boldness. And help us to rely on your son, Jesus Christ, to be bold. For your honor and glory. Amen. And as they were speaking, I want you to underline that word speaking. God wants us to do some things, but he wants them done a certain way. Do you think God wants you to speak? Yes. But he wants you to speak a certain way. So they were speaking. We already covered chapter 3. If you didn't get that message, you can go out listen online. Um, I'm not going to rehash it for sake of time. They were speaking to the people. As they were speaking, the priests... Jews and the captain of the temple, that's the guy that's in charge of like keeping order in the temple, 
and the Sadducees. You got to know a little bit about the Sadducees to understand the story. Uh, here's the best fact about the Sadducees. They don't believe in the resurrection from the dead. Right? So I'll just give you one thing. There you go. They're high and mighty guys. They think position over everything. They're trying to look good. And they don't believe in the resurrection. They don't believe in the supernatural. They don't believe God can do the things God can do. But they're religious. You're like, wow, that's confusing to me. Yeah, but we have a lot of people in church today. I pray not in our church. But if you're here, you can change too. Right? That are like going to church expecting the norm. I didn't come to church today to expect the norm. I expected God to show up and change my life radically today. And I'm praying that he will. And I'm praying that in your life too. The Sadducees not like that, just churchgoers. They came upon them. There it is, greatly annoyed. Give me your best greatly annoyed look. <laughs> it's kind of fun to do. Everybody has that look. I just don't like you. Because, because they were teaching, there it is again, they were speaking, they were teaching, underline that word teaching, the people and proclaiming, we've already talked about preaching and proclaiming, what that word means to herald, okay? Underline the word proclaiming, you got it now, speaking, teaching, proclaiming. In who? Main point in Jesus, and here's the problem, already, the resurrection from the dead. So that's the problem. That's where they really uh, are messed up, right? They're like, Don't, that can't happen. So quit talking about this Jesus. He's dead, and he's not coming back, and you need to shut up, right? That's what they're talking about. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word, the word, the word, what did they hear? The word. The word. That's pretty easy. Believed the word. And the number of the men came to about 5,000. So how many were saved at Pentecost? 3,000. So this is how long after Pentecost? We don't know. <laughs> okay. But we know that they, they saved 3,000 on Pentecost. And this is like now up to 5,000 men have been saved. Women and children include or extra, right? So we got 5,000. God's adding to the church daily those who are being saved. And on the next day, the rulers and the elders and the scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priest family. I just got to, I can't stop. I want to stop, but I, I can't. Okay, so here's the deal. Like, I'm a big sports guy. Sports illustrations don't go over well because y'all don't like sports, but that's okay because I do. So I just got to say this. This is like when you go to a Bulls game and they're like, and now, introducing, you know, like, and they're like, Scotty Pippen, like that back in the glory days. Who cares about the Bulls now, right? And they're like, Dennis Rodman. And then they're like, wait for it, wait for it, Michael Jordan. Like, it's like, these guys are all like, you know, coming out. Like, just the worldly pride in that verse. The fact that Luke goes into the detail about how it was like this Huge procession. Here I am. I'm the high priest. Look at me. Like, give me gravy. That's not boldness. But that's what they're doing. And when they had set them in the middle, the midst, that's the word you don't use every day, in the middle, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? I mean, literally, 
Whose authority are you operating under? That's what they're talking about. Well, question asked. So since you asked the question, here it comes. Then Peter, there's that word again, the word we've been talking about. Go ahead and circle that word. What's the word? Filled. I mean, was he like just a little filled? Was he just like, well, I'm just kind of like a Christian. No, no. He was like filled up to the brim, ready to spill over with the Holy Spirit, right? Said to them, rulers, now notice he wasn't a jerk. He admitted who they were and the position that they had. Rulers of the people and elders, speaking to them like their fathers. If we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, like literally what he's saying is, are we on trial? Is, is this a trial? Like I'm in the middle of 71 guys called the Sanhedrin. Are we on trial right now? Did I miss something? We got thrown in jail and we're on trial. Are we on trial because we did something good for somebody? Like he's kind of, I don't know if it's really sarcastic. I think he's like deer in the headlights. Like what? what are we doing? Are we on trial right now? Am I on trial? That's, it's just, he's astounded. He's like, okay, all right. A good deed done to a crippled man. By what means this man has been healed, that word really means made whole, which deals with salvation. You'll see it in just a second, right? This isn't just healed as in physically. This is like he's healed, whole person, spiritually healed, all right? Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel the leaders and the people, that by the name of, who do you think it's going to be? I'm just going to take a guess. I think it's going to be Jesus. But he doesn't just say Jesus, he says Jesus Christ. That's important, because Christ is who they're looking for. They're looking for a Messiah. So Jesus, Messiah of Nazareth, you know that hometown, the guy, yeah, that guy? Yeah, you know who he is. Whom you crucified... Whoop. <laughs> it's getting crazy inside here, okay? Like, uh, I'm in the middle of 71 guys. Luckily, there's no stones around. All right, good. Whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, just to get back to that resurrection thing, and, but now the Pharisees are there too, right? So they're like, yeah, yeah, God can raise people from the dead. Yeah, yeah, God can do supernatural, and the Sadducees are like, he can't do that. So there's some tension by him, Jesus, this man is standing before you well. He's whole. He's saved. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders. You're in charge. You're the ones in authority. You're the ones that did this, which has become the cornerstone. If you know anything about building back then, they didn't build with cement. They built with stones, and the cornerstone was the most important stone. It had to be laid first. And it had to be straight. Well, we're straight on this. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I mean, he's just like, I have, I have prepared my speech. It used to be all of this in Acts 2, and then it was all of this in Acts 3. Let me just get it down to one verse. No other name. I'm not going to bring up Moses. I'm not going to bring up David. I'm not going to talk about the prophets. I'm not going to talk about Abraham, Jacob, Isaac. I'm not talking about any of them. 
No other name. Jesus Christ. That's it. I've honed in my speech. Kind of that's what we're working on, isn't it, in our pulpit curriculum? Like, what is it about? When did I, who was I before I met Jesus Christ? How did I, how did I meet him? What's my life like now, right? Who is it all centered around? It's centered around Jesus. Centered around Jesus. Now, when they saw the boldness, there's our word. You might want to box that in. There's the word, boldness. What did they do? Did they see it? How do you see boldness exactly? It's got to be pretty obvious, doesn't it? When they saw the boldness of Peter, and I think you're going to see the boldness in all of this passage. You've already seen it before, and you're going to see it ongoing. Boldness, box that up. Anybody box that up? Is anybody not box that up? Go ahead, raise your hand for your neighbor. Like, you go reach your hand over. It's cool to write in your Bible. You could just box that up. You, you don't want to come back to Acts 4 and be like, what's Acts 4 about? If you have boldness boxed three times, you'll be like, oh, it's about boldness. I'm just trying to help. All right. They saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men. They weren't priests. They weren't Levites. They weren't rabbis. They were nobodies. I love that. That's me. He's talking about me. He's sharing my testimony. They were astounded. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. They're like, when's the last time anybody talked to us like this? Oh, yeah, that Jesus guy. Oh, these guys have been with Jesus. That's kind of what's happening. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they're like, we don't have anything to say. We can't oppose you. So they're like, just get out of here so we can like, dream up something. If you get out of the way, if the Holy Spirit's out of the room, maybe we can get back to being us and we can like start being uh, selfish again. Okay, yep, get out of here. Okay, so now they can get selfish again. And they're like... What should we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all. Everybody knows it. We can't deny it. Oh, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people. What are they trying to do? What do we try to do? We try to control the situation. Controlling the situation is in boldness. We think that being bold is controlling the situation. That's not boldness. They're trying to control the situation. That's sin. That's worldly pride. That's we want what we want. In order that may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more in any, uh, to anyone in this name. They won't even say the name. They're like, I'm not going to say the name. You don't say the name. Don't say the name. I will hit you if you say that name, right? They're all like, no, 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 no more in this name. Not that, that name, the one name, yep, no. So they called them back into the midst, right? And charged them not to speak or teach or proclaim, if you want to add it, at all in the name of Jesus. That's the guy. But Peter and John answered them. Now, wouldn't you, like, just... Think about it, right? We got set out. They're like, cool it off a little bit, all right? Come back in, all right? Now, then they're like, Jeremy, don't talk in the name. That one name, the one name, don't say that. Don't say the name. I don't want to hear the name, right? And they're just like all in their grill, like, 
It's getting crazy in there. And then, and then what, do, what would you do? All right. Have a good day. <laughs> and then I'd go say the name, right? Because we're all passive-aggressive Minnesotans, all right? It's called Minnesota nice. We'd just be like, all right, yeah, good job. <laughs> good, good for you. Oh, you're stupid. All right. All right. And then we'd be like, Jesus, right? But these guys weren't like that. What were these guys like? We call it being a jerk because we got it all screwed up. Sometimes telling people the truth in love is the most bold thing, is the most right thing you can actually do. We bury our head in the sand, don't tell the truth when we should. So they say, but Peter and John answered them, I mean, we would not do that, this is bold. We need to do this, guys. This is what we need to do. But notice they don't do it in their own strength. Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, just a bit sarcastic, I would think, you must judge. So what are they acknowledging? Who's the judge? You guys are in the authority. I mean, at least they're being nice about it. You guys judge. You guys are over us. You guys are the judge, jury, executioner. You guys are the ones that crucified Jesus. You guys are the ones that can kill us too. But you all have to decide, judges. You all have to decide. You be the judge. Should I listen to you, judge? Or should I listen to God, the judge, who's going to judge you and me, right? I just think, what a great point. What a great statement They had been hanging around Jesus Christ. For we cannot, verse 20, let's just read through the end of the passage now. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them. But of the people, but because of the people, for all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing, it was a miracle, was performed was more than 40 years old. Last week I said he was older than Jesus. I mean, this was sovereign, right? This had been here way before Jesus. And when they were released, what do you think they did? What would you do? They went to their friends. I'm going to say that friends is believers. And reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. All the threats, all the warnings. Here's what they said. Here's what they told us to do. And when they heard it, all the believers heard it, maybe 5,000 of them now, they lifted up their voice together. Can you imagine 5,000 people praying together? We kind of did that a little earlier. It wasn't 5,000, but it kind of felt right. They lifted up their voices together to God and said, in all desperation, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth, the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why do the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed For truly in this city, Jerusalem, there were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod, a king, and Pontius Pilate, a ruler, among 
the, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel to do whatever your hand and your plan, God, had predestined to take place. We know you're in control, Father. We know it's your plan. And now, Lord, look upon their threats. Can you see us down here, God? And grant to your servants, your bond servants, we want to be your servants, God, to continue to speak. What do we speak? Your word. To speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your servant, holy servant, Jesus. And this is the result. And when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. Now, if the voices didn't shake the place, God did. You know? He's like, all right, I'm with you. Hear my voice. And they were all, what's the word? Filled. Circle that word, please. That's the word that we've been talking about. We want to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. They were all filled again. Again, again, the filling of the Holy Spirit, again. We want to be filled again today, God, and to continue to speak the word of God with boldness. All right, now, in the passage, we see several things. We see in verses one through four, boldness blessed. That's the first thing we see. Boldness is blessed. Boldness blessed. 5,000 people are now saved regardless of the annoyance that it is because they believed the word of God. That's a blessing. Then we see in verses five through seven, boldness questioned. Boldness questioned. Do you see it there in verse seven? By what power or by what name did you do this? I'm gonna give you a little test. How could you answer that? What power did this? Go ahead, answer me. Okay, what power did this? The power of God, the power of Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power. It's almighty God. It's the awesome God that we serve, right? We just read on the screen as we sang, power in hand, <laughs> sending us out as light in a broken land, right? So power the power of God in our hand, the power of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and lives. And what's the name? By what name? The authority of Jesus' name. We did this miracle. We did this sign. We did this wonder. Not in our own power. We did that. He said, it's not our own power. It's not our own piety, right? So if you want to question me, I'll tell you the truth. And the truth is Jesus. I'm going to tell you the truth. Jesus did it. Do you have a testimony? Has your life changed? Anybody ever question you? Why are you different? They should, because you are if you're saved. Why are you different? Something's different about you. You're not the same. What's that all about? Where'd that come from? People start to question you. What are you going to say? What are you going to say? Oh, yeah, well, I cleaned it up a little bit, you know. I dropped a few pounds, you know. Yeah, something's different. 
I got a haircut. No. You know what? Jesus made his home in my heart. And he's starting to uproot the selfishness and the sin that lays within me. So if you're really asking me, what's going on? Something's transforming me. And it's called the Holy Spirit. And he's cleaning it up. He's going room to room. And he's emptying my desires and my wants and my things. And he's replacing it with his things. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. He's, he's, he's putting something else in there. And so if you want to know why I'm different, if you're asking, I'm just going to tell you I have a new owner. <laughs> and his name is Jesus. It's pretty cool. And then boldness explained, verses 8 through 12. Boldness explained. He's like, hey, 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 let it be known. Let me explain it to you. Let me spell it out, right? Let me spell it out. Uh, Jesus. J-E-S-U-S. That's how you spell it. Jesus, all right? Just let me just, just I want to explain it to you. Boldness, Jesus, all right? That's, it's pretty simple. Boldness is explained. And then in verses uh, 13 through 16, you have boldness recognized. They're like, hey, we recognize that Jesus thing. Yeah, you, you are like, oh, thanks for jogging our memory. You are just like Jesus. Look at that. You must be a little disciple of his. Jesus recognized. Did you know this? The number one factor in your boldness is if you've been with Jesus. That's the number one factor. You know, when I, when I wake up in, in the morning and I get in the Word and I, uh, you know, get after all that God's doing, it just changes my perspective. You know, because life's hard. I'll tell you just a quick story. Uh, Matt, uh, Decola, and I were in Chicago. Uh, greetings from Harvest Bible Fellowship. They love you. They're excited about our church. And uh, we just got to spend a lot of time with them. Uh, pray for James uh, McDonald, the leader of our organization. He had knee surgery this week. You can pray for him. Just another update. Uh, we stopped in Madison, Wisconsin. There are now two couples that want to be a church in Wisconsin. There is a guy in the training center, maybe two or three guys that they're looking at to be church planners in Madison. If anybody wants to move to Madison, you should come see me or one of our staff because we're looking to add to that core group. And we're not asking you just yet or pushing you to that, but we're, if God's already done that, like just, just let us know because we want to know that uh, God's stirring in your heart, all right? But uh, all that to be said, uh, Matt and I were just reading James Wednesday morning over breakfast. You know what James says? Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. <laughs> Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. Guess what time I got home Wednesday night? One o'clock. Oh, that's Thursday morning. Okay. Um, we left at three. We left Chicago at three. We got home at one. Testing of your patience. Flat tire at 75 miles per hour? Thankful to be alive. Speeding ticket? Not quite. Warning. Because the guy is like, God is amazing. And the guy's like, what are you doing on this road? You know, so we tell him what we're doing on this road. We're not supposed to be on this road. This is what happened. And he's like, goes back, looks us up, obviously, online, and then thanks us for all we do. I'm like, no, thank you for keeping us safe. I'm driving like a moron because I want to go home, you know? (laughs) 
Now, sometimes it's hard when we read the word, isn't it? Because it's real. And it interacts with our spirit. But I got to tell you, when I do that, people recognize that you've been with Jesus. People are like, oh, you're different. What's going on? Something's not right. The tow truck driver, we're like, I bet you see the worst in people, don't you? Yeah, I do. I'm like, well, we just, we don't know what's God doing, but we're just along for the ride, you know? He had to be like, what is going on with these goofballs? Then we get to the garage, and the guy's like staying late for us and all this stuff. And we're just like, hey, thanks so much. Can anything we could do for you? Like, if we hadn't read the passage that morning, I got to say to you, I would have been upset. God, what are you doing? Why? Not like, thanks for letting us be safe, but like, what are you doing? God shaking your fist. Do you ever been like that? Don't leave me up here, please. Like, God, what are you doing? That's not good. Why do you? The reading of the word of God is what changes us. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus because they'd spent time with him. Have we? I pray so. Boldness uh, threatened verses uh, 17, 18, 21, and 23. You got it in your notes there. But boldness threatened. They warned them. They're like, stop it. Shut up. Don't say that again. And then this last thing, boldness responds. And I want to focus on that the rest of the message, boldness responds. What is the response of the follower of Jesus Christ all along the way in the passage? Can you just see that? Just kind of peruse the passage again. What is the, how did the disciples respond? How did the believers in Jesus Christ respond? This is the key. And when I saw this in the passage, I was like, this is the title of the message. Boldness means dependence. They responded with dependence. It's not me, it's not our power, it's not our piety. It's not us, you're going to have to answer to God like we're answering to God too. They were completely dependent on God. Boldness is dependent on God. Boldness means dependence. And that means, to put it to bed, to rest, boldness is not a personality. See, some people think boldness is a personality. I'm type A, I'm bold, I'm out there, blah, 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 blah. Shit it. Talking to myself. <laughs> well, let's go home now. All right? But, but that's not boldness. Boldness isn't, I'm a D on the disc profile. Listen to me. Back up. That's not boldness. It's not a personality. And it's not a position, you know? It's not, it's not verses five and six, like, dun, 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 dun. Look at us, we're here. You know? Like, that's not boldness. It's not a position. You might be in a higher position than someone else in the room. If that's where you get your authority and boldness, something's screwed up in you. Right? You're not the boss of anybody. You can hardly be the boss of you. Get it straight, okay? We're submitting to Jesus Christ. Uh, to be quick, it's not about possessions because some people think they are more because they have more. It's not about passions because some people have more passion than others and they think that that's boldness. It's not. And it's not a pride thing. It's not a look at me. It's not a look, aren't I impressive? That's not boldness. Boldness is all about a person. And who's the person again? Oh, yeah, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. 
Boldness is all about a person. It's Jesus Christ. That's what boldness is about. And so we need to be dependent on him. Boldness is dependence on God. I'm just going to say it that way. This first thing, just write it down. Boldness is dependence on God's word for clarity. See, if you're not clear, you can't be bold. If you're not clear about what you're saying, you're never going to be bold. If you're not clear about what you believe and what your convictions are, you'll never be bold about it. If you're not clear, it's pretty clear to me that Wednesday when we were driving home, God was testing us. And then he was like, are you going to be joyful? Really? Let's try this. And he was allowing Satan to like wreck us, right? But then he was bringing about good in our lives and glory for himself. And I don't think we've even heard the end of the story yet, honestly. Clarity. Clarity. God's word brings clarity. Go ahead and just look at verse 4. But many of those who had heard, what is it? The word believed. They had to hear the word to know that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that we missed him. Then just skip down to verse uh, 11. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. Do you know where that's quoted from? I looked it up. Psalm 118.22. They're quoting the word of God. They're very clear. This is what happened. The Messiah came. You lost yourself in the moment because of your presumed authority and not wanting to get sideways with the Romans, right? And, and you killed them. You rejected the cornerstone. It actually says in Psalm 118 that you would do that. And so this is fulfilled prophecy. The power's in the word. This is really clear to us. He is the Messiah. You did reject him. He did raise from the dead. He's the cornerstone. And then this, look at the prayer in verses uh, 24 and following. And when they had heard it, they lifted up their voice together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, one of the best prayers in all the New Testament, you should pray this often, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit. So David wrote it, but who said it? The Holy Spirit. That's great proof that what we have here in our hands is God-breathed. It will help you be clear on what you should believe and how you should act, all right? And then he quotes Psalm 2, 1 and 2. Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his uh, anointed. That's Jesus. Why? This is the word of God being really clear that prophecy is being fulfilled in our very eyes. And so I got to tell you guys, boldness, true biblical boldness, it comes from the word of God. It comes from rolling up to the word of God every morning and being in the word of God and hearing what God has to say and going, that's the truth. And then just living in that truth, lovingly living in that truth for all to see. When we don't go to the word, we don't know what to say. We don't have any convictions. We walk through, we just are on the world's plan. We bebop through life, you know. You've been there, right? I'm getting a lot of blank stares like, no, I've never done that. I'm like, really, I'm the only one? <laughs> That's great. 
Uh, maybe you should be the pastor. Like, I miss days in the Word. And when I miss days in the Word, it doesn't go so well. And when I read the Word, I have days like Wednesday, and I'm like, go God! In boldness. Because of the Word. It brings a lot of clarity to our life. Peter was saying, am I being clear? Jesus is the promised Messiah. You killed and rejected him. God raised him from the dead. No other name for salvation. Am I being clear? This is the word of God. Is that clear? That's as clear as I could make it. And that's what it's, I'm only clear on that because that's what the word of God says. So the word of God brings clarity. The second thing, God's son for courage. Boldness is dependent on God's Son, his name is Jesus, for courage. In verse 7 he says, what power? The Holy Spirit power. (laughs) What name? The name of Jesus. In verse 10 he says, know this, by the name of Jesus. I want you to think about Jesus just for a second. Could you just think back? I I knew we did communion before. Could you just think back to when you're holding the cup, the juice, and the bread? Can you just think back? Just take... Go back a couple, half an hour. Just think. Think about Jesus' example. What courage did it take for him to leave his heavenly throne to become a man like you and me, Dave? You know, to become a man. Yeah, ouch, you know. What courage. And then not only did he become a man, humble himself, right? But then he, he also died. I mean, he died for us. What kind of courage does it take for someone to lay down their life for their friends when they're not even friends yet? You know? See, that's the kind of courage we have to have. Our model, our example is Jesus. His courage on display before us in Philippians 2, uh, 5 through 9. You can go read that later, Right? Philippians 2, 5 through 9. His courage on display for us. I mean, Paul was wrecked by it in Ephesians 6, 19 and 20. I'll throw it on the screen. He, he says this. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly this week to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And we think, I'm not an ambassador in change. I'm chained to this world. I don't get off this ball until God says I do. So that's kind of chained up to me. I'm an ambassador in change just like Paul. But he says, as long as you're here, be on mission. Let's get the word out boldly. You only have so much opportunity to work for me, so get her done. And to that, I'm like, okay, I got to do this. And Proverbs 28.1 says, The wicked flee when no one pursues. You ever been in sin? And you're always looking over your head, right? You're like, what? Do they know? Does anybody know? I'm I'm like sinning, you know? The wicked, uh, you know, they flee. Nobody's pursuing. Nobody knows you're sinning. (laughs) You know, God does. But we're like all paranoid because we're in sin. But the righteous... When we're living for God, remember the last time you were like reading your Bible every day, praying in a good spot, dependent on him, and you're like, let's go do this again for God. Remember that? That righteous day? Righteousness of Christ in you, right? Remember that? 
bold as a lion. I was like, let's do this. Yeah, you want to hear about Jesus? Let me tell you. That's what we got to do. That's what we're talking about in this passage. That's what we're looking for. Bold as a lion. Maybe consider who you're speaking to and what you're saying to them. Maybe consider this above all. How are you saying it? Are you saying it confidently because you believe it? You could say it lovingly. I'm not saying don't say it lovingly, but confidently. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Who does that? How come we're not talking more about that in our history books? That might be the single most astounding event in all of world history. And we cut it out. And we're like, yeah, Abe Lincoln was a good guy. You know, I'm sure he was. But Jesus rose from the dead. And if that doesn't give you courage to go tell somebody about him, I don't know what can or will. So think about how you bring it to them as well. This third thing and last Boldness is dependence, and I hope I've said this right. I hope that you really get this. Boldness isn't about you going out there and charging the gates of Rochester. Boldness is about you depending on God for the next word. What do I say next, God? What do I say next? And that takes dependence on God's presence to continue. There's no way you walk out of here unless you're filled with the Holy Spirit. There's no way you walk out of here bold unless you're filled up to the brim. That's what I've tried to do today. I've tried to just go, hey, let's repent of our sin. Let's get back to what's the basics, right? Let's get back to the reading of the word of God. It's not clever. Just read the word. Let's get back to prayer. That's what they did, right? They were dependent on him in prayer. Let's get back to what? The filling of the Holy Spirit. I once was baptized, but now I need to be filled again today as I go out into the world because if I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit, if I don't have the presence of God with me, I go alone. And you're not going to be very bold alone. You're going to be pretty proud and jerky. To be bold, you need Jesus. You need the Holy Spirit in you, presence together. Let me just read verses 29 through 31. And now, Lord... Look upon their threats. God, we live in a hard world. People don't like when we say Jesus. Matter of fact, he's a curse word. And grant to your servants, God, we're here today, we love you, and we want to continue to speak your word. We want to speak it, but we don't want to just speak it, God. We want to speak it the right way. It's not just what we say, it's how we say it, and we want to say it with all boldness. So God, would you change our hearts today? Would you, would you do some surgery, take some sin? Come on in and reveal to us the power that we have in the Holy Spirit while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed. We're going to see lives change, God, through the name of your holy servant, Jesus God, I pray this because I know that when we're gathered together and we ask you that you have the power to shake this place, the mountains that we face, the sin that's in our life, and you have the power to fill us as we repent with the Holy Spirit, and you have the power to continue to help us speak the word of God with all boldness.
Do this, Lord, I pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.